We welcome you, everyone, for joining us today in our online worship service. And if, if this is your first time joining us in this platform, we welcome you. And we hope that you will be blessed by today's uh, worship gathering. And we're also looking forward to seeing you here, uh, subject to pervading regulations. Um, so uh, pray for us that we may be able to be successful in our uh, safety management processes that we're now uh, trying. So please pray with us uh, so that we could implement this successfully. So if this is your first time again, we welcome you. Um, this is the first week actually of Burr months, and uh, we are just a few months away uh, from Christmas, and we've just finished the uh, first half of the year, and just a quarter to go, and we're going and entering 2021. Time really uh, flies so fast. And of course, the, pan the pandemic has created a lot of uh, changes in the way we interact with each other. And I hope you're still excited to meet each and everyone and interact with one another. And you're still excited to have fellowship, albeit it could be probably online. So I hope that in fullness of God's time, we would be able to gather here. And so meanwhile, we pray. Uh, so, yun po ang aming hiling sa inyo. Patuloy po tayong magpanalanginan sa isa't isa. Our sermon for today, I have entitled, Our Lament and Our Hope in Jesus. Is there any relationship? And these are the questions that uh, we will be exploring. Is there any relationship between grief our despair, and those difficult experiences that we're encountering or we have just encountered, encountered or we have experienced the glory and the hope that we have in Jesus. So I ask you these questions. What are you grieving about or you're grieving over? What are you sorrowful about? What are you regretful what pains what pains you and that cause you to lament i hope today our pains our suffering even our regrets will find its meaning we hope to many of us today if you are new today you will find how this grief how this loss or pain could be used by god to stage the glory and hope we have in Jesus. And uh, without much further ado, allow me to read this text. This is the, the basis of our sermon today, and we're taking it from the book of Lamentations, chapter 1, verses 1 to 21. And if you have your, if you have your Bibles with you, read with me uh, Lamentations, chapter 1, verses 1 to 21, and I'll be reading from the ESV version. Let us read. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow has she become. She who was great among the nations, she who was a princess among the province has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. 
they have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude. She dwells now among the nations but finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against his word. But hear all you peoples and see my suffering. My young women and my young men have gone into captivity. I called to my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and elders perished in the city while they sought food to revive their strength. Look, O Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach churns. My heart is wrung within me because I have been rebellious in the street, in the sore bereaves, in the house. It is like death. Let all their evil doing come before you and deal with them as you have dealt with me because of all my transgressions. For my groans are many and my heart is faint. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we come to you. Lord, we ask that you will open our hearts and our spirit as we understand your word today. Be with us. Uncover our eyes. Uncover our ears so that we may hear your word. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Our lament and our hope in Jesus. This topic, I hope, will bring us to this understanding. Our lament in relation to the hope we have in Jesus. Let me just show you this sculpture. The sculpture is by William Wetmore in 1879. It is called Jerusalem in her desolation. And the inspiration of this sculpture, and you can find this sculpture, by the way, in the museum, uh, High Museum of Art in Atlanta, Georgia. And as you can see here, uh, Jerusalem was depicted as a widow, as a woman. And this is the inspiration of William Wetmore. But I suppose this is still very grand. This is still very posh when you describe Jerusalem during that time. And this will be the background, just to give you a brief background on lamentation as the inspiration of this sculpture. The Book of Lamentation was a, uh, is a poetic detail of Babylon's destruction uh, of Jerusalem in 586-587 BC. And this was uh, recalled in the history of Israel. So lamentation is a depiction of Babylon's destruction of Jerusalem. As you know that Babylon uh, besieged, attacked, looted Jerusalem, even the temple, and it was a very catastrophic event for the people of God. And lamentation is just a poetic description of that. And Book of Lamentation was generally attributed to Jeremiah, but many scholars believe that it was written by many authors. So uh, they say it was it was written by Jeremiah, but of course um, there's a scholarly debate on that. And these poems 
lamentations, one to five. There are five lamentations, five uh, poetic uh, masterpieces. These poems present the condition of Israel and uh, their state, their spiritual and physical state. They were actually devastated. And lamentation is actually a memorial to that national catastrophic event. So in a way, if we are to give memory or a memorial to COVID-19, perhaps we will have another poetry or a, a pieces of literature to accompany that or to remember that. And the reason why I'm giving this background to you because we need to know the background of lamentation so that we may be able to interpret that properly. And so we could probably discern the wisdom of this uh, divine uh, poetry, this divine literature. Uh, there's so many snippets of knowledge here and there, and I'm leaving it to you. Uh, it's just sufficing it for us to say that I'm giving this background so that we may be able to understand what lamentation is all about. Because what we have just read a while ago is actually a piece of poetry. So, lamentations. This is the entire book. And perhaps for you, the word lamentation is a very highfalutin word. So let me just define, let us just define what is lament. Because the root word of lamentation is lament. What is lament? And lament simply means an expression of deep sorrow, regret, or pain. And that is why it is called Lamentations, because during that time, Israel, Jerusalem, and through the book of Lamentation, the people of God are expressing their deep sorrow, regret, and pain over the destruction that they have experienced, over the looting, the besiege of their holy city, Jerusalem. So, the root word of Lamentation is Lament. An expression of deep sorrow, regret, or pain. So the question is, why are they lamenting? Why are they expressing their grief, their sorrow, and their pain? You know, in life, we have a lot of things to lament on. We express our deep sorrow, our deep grief. Perhaps a death of a loved one, frustration over things that did not happen, sorrow over pain caused by someone or others, regret caused by things that we should have done but we did not, helplessness in our current situation. So there are so many things why we lament. In other words, we lament because there are broken dreams, shattered promises, or a possible ruined future. We lament over that. And so with our brief time together, I hope in reading Lamentations 1, we would be able to see the cause of their lament, the effect of such cause, and the solution to their lament. So we will be uh, looking at these three things here with our short time together, the cause of their lament, the effect of this cause, and the solution to this lament. And 
let us quickly look at these things and we'll be reading from uh, Lamentations 1. What is the cause of the lament of the people of God? Why are they lamenting? For us, I've mentioned earlier, the reason why we're lamenting, it's because we are in deep sorrow because there's a broken promise, shattered dreams, or ruined future. But for them, what is the cause? What is the reason why they're lamenting? And let us look at this verse. Jerusalem sinned grievously. Therefore, she became filthy. So it gives us a hint what is the cause of their lament. Jerusalem sinned grievously. And because of that sin, they become filthy. All who honored her despise her, for they have seen her nakedness. She herself groans and turns her face away. Let us look at this another cause. In the next verse, I have just read verse 8. Lamentations 1. In verse 9, it says, Her uncleanness was in her skirts. She took no thought of her future. The cause of her lament, the cause of Jerusalem's lament, first is that her sin. The other related to that is her uncleanness. And no thought of her future. And when we say no thought of future, we speak of foolishness. That's the cause. And these verses just reveal to us the cause of lament. Another, let's consider this. In verse 14, my transgressions were bound into, into, into a yoke by his hand. They were fastened together. They were set upon my neck. He caused my strength to fail. Another cause of lament is the transgression. And these are all synonymous with each other. Their sin, their uncleanness, transgression, foolishness. The very cause of Israel's lament is none other than this. Sin. Because as what we have read a while ago, it speaks of her transgression, her uncleanness, her rebellion against God, and her foolishness. The cause, again, of Jerusalem's lament is sin. And we've seen it here. The cause of their grief is their rebellion. The cause of their pain is their uncleanness. So lamentations give us just this picture of what it means to transgress before God, how to be unclean before God, what it means to rebel against the Almighty, and how foolish we are to commit what we have just committed. You know, my dear brothers and sisters, there are so many pains in our life caused by our sins, by our own wrongdoing. And later on, we ask ourselves, Lord, why do you allow this? But the answer is crystal clear. The reason why you're experiencing this because the cause of these things is none other than your sin. And we often ask this, why is there suffering in this world? 
And one answer could be this. There's a suffering in this world because of this, because of sin. But at this juncture, let me just say this. There's a dilemma here. Because, of course, not all our grief, not all our pain, not all our sorrow are caused by us. This is true also. Some pain, some troubles, some trials that we experience in life are not caused by us. We could be innocent to it. Of course, we see Job, we see Joseph. Some of our grief, some of our pains are caused by others. But even if we claim innocence on that, definitely we could not claim 100% innocence in that, in that sense. Because Romans 3.10 says here, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Romans 3, 10 to 12. So even if other cause this or those pain to us, we could not claim 100% innocence. All of us, this is the cause of our pain and even the suffering in this world. This is one of the causes. Sin, our transgression, our uncleanness, our rebellion, our foolishness against God. We are all, innocent. We are all guilty party. We could not claim innocence. This is the cause of Israel's lament. Sin. And this is also the cause of most of our lament, sin. So that's number one. What is the cause? Sin. Now what is the effect of that? Let's consider this. In Lamentations 1, 1, it says, How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become. She who was great among the nations. She who was, was a princess among the province has now become a slave. What is the effect of our sin? What is the effect of our transgression, our cleanness, our foolishness? What is the effect? Verse 1 tells us, what is the effect here? Disgrace. Many of us fell into disgrace. In our vernacular, kahihiyan. Gumawa ka ng kasalanan, merong effect. The effect is disgrace. And I hope you can relate with me. I made a mistake. It will bring me disgrace. That's the effect of sin. The cause of our lament is sin, and the effect of that sin, one of which would be disgrace. Let's look at another effect. She weeps bitterly, and I'll jump. All her lovers, she has none to comfort her. Comfort her. Friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. One effect of sin is that we would be abandoned. Betrayal. How many of us here also, because of our error, you've realized your friends have deserted you? Kasama nyo sila sa paggawa ng masama. They benefited from the things that you have done. They've actually um, taken advantage of that. And later on, when things go wrong, when situations got awry, then they leave you. They abandon you. They betray you. That's one effect of sin. Again, there's a dilemma here. Not all people, and it will be more, more difficult here because there are times that we are betrayed even if we did, we did not do anything wrong. And this is even more painful. Sometimes your most trusted person will betray you. And that's, of course, 
that's even shocking to our senses. For Israel, she experienced this because of her sin. She was abandoned and betrayed because the people who colluded with her, her accomplices, they're now all gone. And look at another effect of that. In Lamentations 1.19, I called to my lovers. They deceived me. Priests and elders perished in the city while they sought food to revive their strength. Another uh, effect of sin, other than abandonment, betrayal, is poverty. Now, I am not saying here, let me, just be, let, me, let me just be clear, it doesn't mean that you're poor like me. It means that you have sin. It also doesn't mean that way. What I'm just saying here is that for Israel, the reason why she faced poverty is because of her sin. And this is also true. Look at any corrupt country. Why are they poor? One of the main reasons why they're poor is because of their being corrupt. In Proverbs 13.34, it says the righteousness exalts a nation. Look at some countries. I will not go very, very far. You know our country, the Philippines. I will not start to tell you how corrupt our government is. Maling pamumuhay. Mga maling pamamaraan, maling pamumuhay, nagdadala ng kahirapan. Let me just concretize the point, young people. You're not ready to have a family. You entered into a wrong relationship. You've done something that is not pleasing to the Lord. Nagkaroon kayo bigla ng asawa. You've just quickly gone into a relationship. And then probably you start children. You live together. Because you're not financially and emotionally stable, boom, you're now facing financial hardships. So one effect of sin could also be poverty. Again, let me just clarify the point that it does not necessarily mean, my dear brothers and sisters, that you're facing poverty, you are sinful. Let me just clarify this point. This refers particularly to Israel. Why are people sometimes very poor? And let us admit this. Wag na tayong magmalinis. Some people are even spending for their vices. kalayawan. At the detriment or at the expense of their family. And one uh, effect of that is poverty. And another effect of sin is this. Her foes have become the head of her, ahead of her and her enemies prosper. And at the latter verse in Lamentations 1.5, children have gone away, away captives before the foe. One effect when you sin is this, affliction and defeat. And one last effect, so many effects here. I could go on and on. This entire lamentation would just present to you the effects of sin. And I'm just enumerating it to you, and I hope you are with me. The enemy has stretched out his hands over all her precious things. She has seen the nations enter her sanctuary, those whom you forbade to enter your congregations. When your enemy has stretched out to you and looted you, and over all your precious things, you're exploited. Exploitation and abuse abound when there is sin. You've entered a wrong relationship. This has become cyclical. You know, sin is like this. The more you feed it, the more it becomes hungry. 
Your lust will never be satisfied. Your pride will never bow down. Our foolishness will never ever accept and in fact will reject wisdom. This is the nature of sin. Exploitation, hatred, poverty, affliction, defeat. And I hope by now you realize and lamentation is making us realize while the cause of our lament is sin, all of these effects exploitation, abuse, and all of these things, these present to us the horrors of sin. Look at this. The horrors of sin. And even shame. When we look at these verses, she became filthy. All who honor her despiser. They have seen her nakedness. I need not explain this. When you commit the horrors of sin, shame, degradation, worthlessness will sink in, will come in. Ilan sa atin dito ang pumasok sa maling mga relasyon, gumawa ng kasalanan, and it brought us disgrace, it brought us shame, it brought us worthlessness. Pumasok tayo sa ganun. Sumaya ba tayo? In fact, we're just convincing ourselves that we're happy actually in the midst of that sin. We're not. We're empty people. Why? Because sin, as I've mentioned, will never be satisfied. Our pride will never bow down and our foolishness will ever reject wisdom. Yung totohanan lang, aren't this the effect of sin? And so what is the ultimate effect of sin? Sentence. It means the judgment of God. The effect of sin is disgrace, abandonment, betrayal, shame, exploitation, abuse, hatred, and loneliness, anxiety, and even death. When we consider this verses, look at this. He said, Oh Lord, look for I am in distress. My stomach churns. My heart is wrung within me. I have been rebellious in the street. The sword breathes in the house. It is like death. And therefore, the effect of our sin is the judgment from God. This is what Israel experienced. The cause is sin. The effect is sentence, judgment. And the ultimate sentence and the ultimate judgment of sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, says here, for the wages of sin is death. That is the payment for sin. That is the payment. That is the sentence. If you have sin, that's the cause. The effect is judgment. The sentence of God to all of us, death. We deserve the punishment of God. This is what Israel experienced Ultimately, this is the effect. Death. The wages of sin is death. So we're all hopeless here. When you look at Lamentations, Lamentations 1, 2, 4, and 5, and a great portion of chapter 3, we will find this lament, this expression of grief, sorrow, and pain. Parang walang hope. But while I say the cause of this is sin, 
the effect of this is sentence or the judgment of God. We'll look into the third one. God did not leave us there. We read here, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God provided a solution. And what is the solution? We can find that in Lamentations 3, in chapter 3, we're jumping on this. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 to 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in Him. You know, in the poetry of Lamentations, in the middle of it, chapter 3, verses 19 to 23, there is hope. There is a solution provided for by God. And the solution is this, the steadfast love, the mercy of God, and the faithfulness of God. Consider also this verse in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 26. He said, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The cause is sin. The effects is sent in the judgment of God, but this is the solution of God. The solution of God is none other than His salvation. In this salvation, we find also in Lamentations that we find love, mercy, grace, and the faithfulness of God. Despite of our sin, which has caused us our lament, our grief, our pain. Despite that, and the effects of that in our lives, shame, degradation, affliction, betrayal, abandonment, all of this were solved by God through His salvation. We find love, we find mercy, we find grace, we find the faithfulness of God. And I'll go back to what I've mentioned earlier, for the wages of sin is death. And look how God presented, manifested His love, the gift of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God is shown here. The gift of God is this eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We deserve this sentence. We deserve the judgment of God. We deserve to be left alone in our disgrace, in our abandonment, to be betrayed. Anyway, it's our own doing. It's our own shame. We were exploited because we've allowed people to exploit. We were abused because we've also abused people. People hate us because we've also sown hatred. We deserve the sentence of God. But God provided this solution, salvation, where we found love, mercy. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, the cause is sin. The effect of that is the sentence, the judgment of God, but the solution is salvation. Lamentation, one, presents us this very beautiful narrative. This actually is a stage for salvation. And I hope by just looking at this, we would know and we will now realize where we can find hope. You know, my dear brothers and sisters, God always hears the lament of His people. The root cause of our suffering is their sin. Does He allow difficult moments in their life to show the effects of that? 
And the greatest effect of sin is the punishment. Yet he remained faithful and gracious and merciful by providing them this ultimate solution, salvation. These things, all of this, are now paid for another by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lamented over our sins. In fact, we can read that in Matthew 23, chapter 37 to 39. Jesus himself wept. Just show his love and his compassion to, to Jerusalem. He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophet and stones those who, and stones who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. They are sinful, they are rebellious. Jesus is now telling them this. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of of the Lord. You can see here the lament of Jesus, his grief, his pain over his people. And with that lament, with that pain, comes restoration, comes mercy, comes peace, comes salvation. Naawa sa atin ang Panginoon. Because of this, because of this lament, God staged his Salvation. God staged the greatest act of mercy, the greatest act of love, the greatest act of love ever witnessed by humankind for an innocent man to die for the ungodly. In Lamentations 5, and Lamentations ended here, he says, Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. That is the end of Lamentations. And when we look back in Matthew 23, I will ask this question. Did God stop there? Did God remain angry? And this is where our hope lies. He didn't. God never remained angry. He didn't. He was affronted by our sins. But let's not forget also that this holy, righteous God when we sin, and that when we face the effect of our sin, which is the sentence of God, the judgment of God, this holy and righteous God, with whom we have sinned against, is also a loving God. God is calling us now to true repentance, and this is in fact the hope we can find in Lamentations. God is calling us now to true repentance. You have seen the greatest cause of your grief, your pain, and your lament, and your sorrow, and that is sin. And the horrors and the effect of that sin 
We've seen it through our shame, through our disgrace, through our defeat, and our helplessness, and our death. But God provided the solution, and that is salvation. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, here we find the ultimate solution of God. God says, but God shows His love for us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for our sins. Our lament of grief, our pain because of our sin, and the effects of that, which is the judgment and sentence of God, God is calling us to true repentance, to true salvation. And so there we find hope. And I'll be reading from the ESV Transformation Study Bible. This is very beautiful. Grief signifies, as presented in Lamentation, a necessary stage in coming to an embrace of the prophetic hope that is fulfilled in Christ's suffering on the cross. The purpose of such grief is to lead us to true repentance and faith. There is restoration. There is hope. There is love. That is the solution provided for by God. God did not stop there. He called us to place our faith and trust in Jesus, to give and surrender our life to Him, to repent of our sin and turn our eyes to Him because He loved us. For many of you who probably grieve or you have pains, it may not necessarily caused by your own wrongdoing. It might be because of someone else. This will also be true to you. It might be beyond your powers. It might be beyond your action. But this is the message of hope, of love, and mercy. There is salvation. There will be an end of your lament. God has heard of your tears and your cry and your wailing. There will be hope for all of us. And for you who's listening today, you might be probably thinking, I know the cause of this grief that I'm experiencing. I know the reason why I'm here is because of my sin. And the effects of that I can see in my life. The cause is shame, betrayal, affliction. I feel exploited. I feel abused. I feel down because of my sin. There is a solution. There is hope in you. And God offers this solution. God is calling you now to repent. He's inviting you to place your trust in Him. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and He rose from the dead to give His ultimate solution for your sin and for the effects of sin in your life. He is calling you to repent, to surrender, and to have this love relationship with Him. The hope that we have in the midst of our grief and our pain can only be found in Jesus Christ. And so today, may I invite you, wherever you are, you might realize what I've been saying. I invite you to pray with me 
to surrender your life to Him. God is calling you. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Christ died for your sin. He did not stop at giving you that punishment or that judgment. He did not stop there. He gave us the solution. Christ has offered us the solution to place our faith in Him. And so may I invite you to this prayer of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Have this as your own prayer. And I hope and I know in Jesus Christ you will find forgiveness, you will find mercy, you will find grace, and you will find the lover of your soul. I invite you to come and pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you now realizing my sins. I have sinned against you and confess all my wrongdoings to you. O Lord, I ask for forgiveness. And I know by the sacrifice of you, my Lord Jesus, I am forgiven. I surrender my life to you. I open my heart, my soul to you. I receive you in my life to be the Lord of my soul, my Savior, and my Redeemer. I believe in what you have done on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe you resurrected from the dead to give me life. I place my faith in you, O Lord. From now on, lead me as I give every sin, every mistake, every doubt, every pain, every shame, every disgrace that I've experienced, every present need, and every future in your loving hands. I commit my life to you, O Lord, and I thank you for this new life. All this I ask of you, O Lord Jesus, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, if you have prayed this prayer with, with, with us, call us and let us know. And we want to uh, journey with you in faith. Our um, uh, numbers will be flashed on screen. And of course, our email address contact us so that we could journey uh, with you in faith. And so, uh, I hope also that you will find the love of Jesus as you uh, come alongside with us in faith. And so, with that, I pray that uh, the Lord will be with you today. Let us pray as we close this service. Father, we thank you for this wonderful time that we're together. Lord, I pray for those who gave their lives to you today, wherever they are. We don't know them. Perhaps they have just prayed with us uh, through this uh, online worship gathering. Lord, I pray that you will be with them. Lord, I also pray for my dear brothers and sisters who might be undergoing grief, pain, which may not be caused by them. It might be caused by other people. Or it might be caused, Lord God, by the situations in our lives. Father, I pray that you will also be near them. Meet them always at the point of their need. And I pray, Father, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of what we're lamenting over or what we're grieving about or what we're painful, uh, we're, we're, this pain that we experience, Father, I pray, Lord God, that your grace and your mercy will be with us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us opportunity to study your word and to be together. May your name be glorified in our lives now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
let us uh, receive the benediction that comes from God. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the glory, majesty, dominion, authority before all time, now and forever. Amen and amen. May the Lord be glorified in your lives today, my dear brothers and sisters. Join us again next week as uh, we have this online worship service. Let's continue to be a blessing to one another as we continue to love God and love people. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again next time.